Thank you for joining us at the uh, Gospel Boldly Podcast, where we confess with St. John that these things are written, that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. We're your hosts. I'm Thomas Limke. And I am Pastor Eric Brown. And, and I want to give a caveat. Uh, when we are recording this, it is the week before Christmas, and that's mm-hmm. just not exactly a high-energy time for, for, for pastor types or... I guess I'd imagine folks who are in retail are probably kind of low energy at this time too as well. Correct, Thomas? Uh, yes. I mean, historically, Christmas um, time in car sales is notoriously slow. So, oh, Well, they have all the ads. I feared you'd be like selling cars all the time, man. Because, I mean, who doesn't want a car for – or something. But at any no. rate um, – we're, we're, we're getting to go. My son decided to wake up at five o'clock in the morning today. And I was, <laughs> I was very proud because he demanded to watch Return of the Jedi, which means I've trained my almost three-year-old properly. Mm-hmm. But, but just as, before we dive in, I am being highly and well caffeinated by my lovely cough, uh, coffee of cup of coffee by coffee by Gillespie. And I'm drinking the new epiphany <laughs> blend, which is actually very good. Uh, Go, go check out coffeebygillespie.com. And I'm not saying that just because Pastor Christopher Gillespie, in addition to being the, the purveyor of fine coffees, is also our new webmaster for higher things. So, yeah, let, that's mm, – mm, mm. all right. So, there, there. Was that enough of a plug? Absolutely. I think that was. I'm not getting paid for this, and he's not paying me. It's, <laughs> it's all good. But it is good coffee. Enjoy it. So, all right. There we go. Excellent. We are in the book of Judges. Did you know that there's coffee in the Old Testament, Thomas? No. Well, what were they called? They were called Hebrews. Oh, <laughs> gosh. Okay. okay. <laughs> that was a horrible transition. <laughs> I apologize to all our listeners. Please bear with us. Let's get into the <laughs> scriptures before we, uh, we we cause any more damage on our own. We are in the book of Judges. And yes. we're, we're just started chapter one. And Joshua has died, and, and and he has died in the middle of the claiming of the promised land. The tribes have all had their allotments of where they're supposed to go, but they're running into problems because they're not actually taking the land over, mm-hmm. and they're letting things slide. And I think we got a little bit past verse 27 last time, but, but really, starting with chapter 1, verse 27, we get a whole slew of... of stuff going. So Thomas, do you want to start reading there at 27? Sure, absolutely. Here we have it. Manasseh did not drive out the inhabitants of Beth Shean and its villages, or Tanakh and its villages, or the inhabitants of Dor and its villages, or the inhabitants of Iblim and its villages, or the inhabitants of Megiddo and its villages, for the Canaanites persisted in dwelling in that land. When Israel grew strong, they put the Canaanites to forced labor, but did not drive them out completely. And Ephraim did not drive out the Canaanites who lived in Gezer. So the Canaanites lived in Gezer among them. Zebulun did not drive out the inhabitants of Kitron or the inhabitants of Nahalal. So the Canaanites lived among them, but, uh, but became subject to forced labor. Asher did not drive out the inhabitants, <coughs> inhabitants of Akko or the inhabitants of Sidon or of Ahab, Alab or of Akzib or of Helba or of Afik or of Rehob. So the Asherites lived among the Canaanites, the inhabitants of the land, for they did not drive them out. We're, we're going to pause here. It's going to keep going like this for a few more verses, but but we're getting towns that we end up hearing about later on with 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 uh, problems. Like you get Megiddo, which is Armageddon. That, that. And then you mm-hmm. get that, that Sidon. Thomas, can you think of where Sidon shows up in the, 
the the New Testament? Uh, Sidon, um, I, shoot. Any other time, I'd, I'd Tyre tell and you, but, Sidon. Yeah, those two tend to go together. And Jesus does travel up north a bit for that, doesn't he? He travels up north, and when he's up there, a certain gal from the region of Tyre and Sidon, uh, one of the gospels says that she's uh, from Tyre and Sidon, and another one says that she's, she's a Syrophoenician woman. That's right, and she's wanting something for which he compares her to. Right, heal my dog, daughter. And, and, yeah. uh, the, the, the scraps aren't, uh, the dogs don't eat the children's food. Yeah, but they eat what falls from the master's table. Mm-hmm. But what you have there is the fact that she's there and that there's bad blood between between her people and, and the Israelites goes back to the time of the judges when... It was supposed to be y'all all get out of here. This is our promised land now. You can either you you, you can join us or you got to go. Mm-hmm. But what's so happened? They, they they don't finish it. They don't take over the promised land. And instead of of taking it for their own possession, they either enslave people, which is going to go badly over generations, or they say, ah, oh, yeah, we don't care. Just live here, which means you're going to get a lot of intermarrying and falling into idol worship, which again goes bad. So you're just mm-hmm. seeing how how. Things that that we see play out even in the New Testament are playing out from here because the children of Israel didn't do what God said. Fair enough? Definitely. Let's hear more, and it's going to keep going sideways. Ah, all right. All right. Keep going. Naphtali did not drive out the inhabitants of Beth Shemesh or the inhabitants of Beth Anath. So they lived among the Canaanites, the inhabitants of the land. Nevertheless, the inhabitants of Beth Shemesh and of Beth Anath became subject to forced labor for them. The Amorites pressed the people of Dan back into the hill country, for they did not allow them to come down to the plain. The Amorites persisted in dwelling in Mount Haris, in Aijalon, Ag- uh, and in Shab- Shalbim. I started out so strong with these names, too. But the hand of the house of Joseph rested heavily upon them, and they became subject to forced labor. And the border of the Amorites ran from the ascent of Akrabim, from the Seah and upward. Selah and upward. Now, do you get the little nuance there that shows it's really going bad? So the Amorites are beating up on on Dan. Uh-huh. A- and so they push Dan back into the mountain. So Dan doesn't even get to uh, conquer everything that he should. But then the sons of Joseph, Manasseh and Ephraim, they end up putting the Amorites in the slave labor. They don't clear them out so Dan can take possession of Dan's land, but they're just like, oh, well, well, since you guys are here, we'll, we'll use you guys as our own slave labor. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it, I think this is the reason why this is the last one, because it, it's the most egregious. Not only is it not only is it you're slaving the people instead of driving them out, but, but the wrong people are enslaving them. It's just a mess. They don't follow through. And this is going to set up all the 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 fighting and nastiness that goes on throughout the rest of the uh, the books. So that makes sense. Definitely. Um, again, this does strike us a, a little odd because we're not used to the idea of of driving people out. Where we we live in a very inclusive day. We are in a, a time where it should be we, we bring people in together and, and we, we have a great respect for freedom of religion. And, and if the church down the way wants to worship something silly, well, 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 we let them. We have freedom of religion. Not the way things worked 30, 
300 years ago. That, 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 that dog did not hunt back then or 3,400 mm-hmm. years ago. It, it, it goes downhill. There's a quick, quick corrupting influence. So any other thoughts then on, on chapter one? Well, we've seen, I think what you've just summarized, just being the, the Israelites intermixing with the peoples around them in, in straight opposition to the command of God. And so what you're saying is for the rest of the book, then we're going to get uh, the fallout of this, would you say? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. So then, so. yeah, I see no reason to not to jump in with chapter two and start seeing the uh, actual sociological effects, if you will. We'll go. Let's go. All right. Verse one. Now the angel of the Lord went from Gilgal to Bochim, and he said, I brought you up from Egypt and brought you into the land that I swore to give your fathers. I said, I will never break my covenant with you, and you shall make no covenant with the inhabitants of this land. You shall break down their altars, but you have not obeyed my voice. What is this you have done? So now I say, I will, dri- I will not drive them out before you, but they shall become thorns in your sides, and their gods shall be a snare to you. As soon as the angel of the Lord spoke these words to the people of Israel, the people lifted up their voices and wept. And they called the name of that place Bochim, and they sacrificed there to the Lord. Well, I should have just held my hand on my previous comment right there, because <laughs> let the text say it for me. Well, this is, this is one of the things where, what is the first commandment, Thomas? Thou shalt have no other gods before me. And that before me, literally, it's not a matter of priority. It's not like, all right, you can have other gods in your second and third place, but I need to be the top. No, 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 no. Before me literally is in my face, in my presence, where I am. I've given you this land to be your land where I will be your God and you will be my people. And dudes, there's other gods that you're just like, okay, go ahead, let them be here. No, 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 that's not how it works. Fine. If you don't want this to be my land, I'll let you run around with the other gods. I'll let you do stuff. And guess what? They're they're going to be, I like that, a thorn in your side. Hey, uh, we we hear St. Paul talk about thorn in the flesh. Now, there is a positive side about this. Even though these people will be thorns in the side of Israel, guess what's going to be a major theme of the book of Judges? Grace is sufficient for them, even in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. So, so it, it'll be a, a a harsh teaching tool, not an enjoyable teaching tool, but it will be a constant reminder too of God's mercy whenever the people of Israel forget. That's fair. All right, let's carry on. All right. When Joshua dismissed the people, the people of Israel went each to his inheritance to take possession of the land. And the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua who had seen all the great work that the Lord had done for Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110 years. And they buried him within the boundaries of his inheritance in Timnath-Hares, in the hill country of Ephraim, north of the mountain of Gash. And And all that generation also were gathered to their fathers. And, those aro- and there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord or the work that he had done for Israel. Now, this is a, an important note. Uh, we're, we're describing here the, the moving beyond the generation of eyewitnesses. Joshua was pretty much the last adult who had gotten out of Egypt and through the, the wilderness and into the, into the promised land. He, for, for everyone else that's now living, there are no memories of Egypt. Or if it is, you were, you're the old guy who was the slight infant and you really don't really remember it. And then even then they're gone. 
Mm-hmm. So what happens is you have these people who, for for people for whom even the 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 time in the wilderness is maybe but the memory of their youth and and not not reality. Um, I I grew up when I was very little. I I lived in in apartments in Lansing, Illinois. I don't remember that very clearly. And I certainly don't remember some of the, the first apartments I lived in. I can point to and say, yeah, I know I lived there, but I, I it, it doesn't stick with me. And what happens is they basically start to forget God. They're like, we've got our cushy land. Things are going pretty well. And why should I go travel to the, the tabernacle and worship there when I've got my happy little neighbors who are perfectly sent to offer stuff to their gods right here. And Hey, I mean, get on with your bad self. Mm-hmm. Do you sell that? Just kind of that, that slow creep comes in. Definitely. So, all right. Well, yeah. how much time do we have before break? Uh, it's sufficient to read a sentence or two, but probably no more than that. So it might be best to just sum up or, or stop early. I, I, I will, I will go into break with a, a thought um, you know, on the one hand, Christianity is never more than a generation away from going collapsing. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is something where we, we have no promise that there will be a, a large Lutheran church in the U.S. at any time in, in the next 10 years. It could all go cattywampus, God forbid, but it could. But also God does restore his people and preserve for himself a remnant, and, and he will bring up uh, the faith again. I was talking with a friend yesterday how how uh, often we'll think, oh, well, the LCMS is really the great hope for confessional Lutheranism. Yay! It's like, well, but what happens if we fall? Well, then we're like what we were 220 years ago when there really was no confessional Lutheran anywhere, but God rose it up again mm-hmm. because that's what God likes to do. And that's going to be the main pattern that we see play out in Judges. Aha! Oh, I hope we don't have to go through too much judges in our own life. <laughs> no doubt. With that dour moment, let's go to break. I need more coffee. And welcome back to the Gospel Boldly Podcast. And we are to our game show segment of the uh, the podcast. And now we are going to do another round of the Backwards Life, where uh, where Thomas will take a, a pithy phrase or idea uh, of just general pop Christianity. And we're, we'll, we'll look at it in a slightly backwards way and get to the root of what's really going on and what should be going on. So what do you have for us today, Thomas? Well, the current fair, with the holiday being what it is, uh, in terms of you know pithy Christian sayings among some sectors, is that you know what the Jews didn't celebrate birthdays, so why should we? In other words, why should we celebrate Christmas, that pagan holiday that it is? There's no sense in it, and and certainly I suppose among some of these folks, like uh, is it the it's not the Latter Day Saints, the Jehovah's Witnesses don't celebrate birthdays, and I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about even some among evangelical circles. So what would be your response to the the idea that we shouldn't celebrate birthdays, in particular Jesus's, during the Christmas season? Well, my first gut response is, why are you such a killjoy? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, now, now, the, the, now you, you may very well have been expecting a, a giant, this is our defense of Christmas. Well, first of all, it's a matter of freedom. Let no one judge you in your, your, what days you keep or observe. I mean, mm-hmm. so first of all, if 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 you go oh wait you're you're being a jerk according to Paul don't be a jerk mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but but more importantly is what 
what is driving the thought where we shouldn't celebrate? Why shouldn't we? We are are forgiven sons and daughters of the king. We are heirs of life everlasting. We are we are those who are called to the great wedding feast of no end. Why why wouldn't we have celebration? In fact, I I why, 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 we we should have great celebration and joy all the time. In fact, we we, we the the proper terms we will talk about celebrating the Lord's Supper. I mean, so the the just just the initial. Uh, oh, I don't see why we should be celebrating. Oh, you, sh- rah, rah, rah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, come on, we we we're, we're saved. This is a good thing. It, it's a cause of, of of celebration. So so the idea of of celebration and joy shouldn't be foreign to the church. And if uh, and okay, if your theology means. We must be dour. You're doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. So, so that that's the first thing. Uh, the second thing I would say is, what makes you think Christmas is really celebrating Jesus' birthday? Uh, Thomas, when we celebrate a birthday, what are we generally celebrating? Really, what what, what what's the point? I don't know. Get presents and get the family together. Maybe. I mean, technically, <laughs> we're celebrating the person's arrival on planet Earth as a you know, external to the womb member of society. <laughs> yeah, the the celebration of a birthday is really mainly an excuse for for get-togethers and presents and sentimentality and, and cake because who doesn't like cake? And if you don't like cake, be, quit being a party pooper or, mm-hmm. or, oh, I can't do gluten. Okay, well, get some gluten-free cake or have some, some gluten-free alternative, all right? And celebrate and enjoy. Humbug. That's not really the point of Christmas, though. Chris- yeah, yes, I, I know my my little preschoolers here. They're they're having their their Christmas party today, and and they did their little finger play at the Christmas program. We lost power during our children's Christmas program. It was actually kind of cool. Kids did very well, but anyway, they had, uh, Christmas is a special day. The birthday of the king, J E S U S. It was very kind of catchy in one of those earwormy ways of yeah. doom, but. Well, you might say that for a simple way of explaining to the kids, we are not celebrating Jesus' birthday on Christmas. That is not the official title of the day. What is the official title of the celebration of Christmas? It is the what? If you look it, in your it's bulletin. It's not Christmas? <laughs> no, that's not the actual liturgical title. That is that is shorthand. Huh. We are celebrating the Feast of the... Incarnation? In either nativity or incarnation. Okay. Never never looked that closely at the bulletin, I guess. Or you can do the nativity of the Lord. But really, the, the focus of, of, of Christmas is not just that, yay, there was a birthday, but mm-hmm. rather God becomes man. Mm-hmm. That's why the, the Christmas Day reading is John 1. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. So so really the 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 point of Christmas isn't just it's birthday yay. <laughs> it's God has become man. Mm-hmm. And, and that plays trump over any type of birthday. So oh, yeah. so even apart from the idea of of celebrating a birthday and yeah I, I mean we don't need to go like make a cake for Jesus. Oh look we've got 2017 candles on it now or however many we put on it. <laughs> No, no. Oh no, we set the church on fire. Ah! Okay. No, no, the the point is we're celebrating that God became man. And and pausing to ponder the the mystery of the incarnation is certainly worthy of a a, a day of the year, I think. So. Absolutely. What was that backwardsy enough for you? Yeah, I would say. It's it's just oh. funny the things you see this time of year with the whole 
Yeah. Okay, I, 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 I'm going to go on a, a slight little reaffirmation tangential rant. Sure. If your piety demands that you become a killjoy and rain on everyone else's parade, not because it's a bad parade, not because they're like sacrificing to demons, but just because they're having a parade and, and, and you feel better because you don't go to it. Stop being a jerk. <laughs> I, I mean, really, this is one of the things where, where let, let, let other people go have fun if they do. It, 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 it's actually one of the nice things about this time of year because I'll see people where it's like, oh, yeah, my, my friend who's Danish has this some type of impronounceable Danish name holiday celebration on the 13th. Great. Have fun with it. Knock yourself out. Mm-hmm. Go have fun. Let, let people go and enjoy life. It, we, we talk about them being first article gifts that are given all the time to us by God. Let people enjoy them. So there's backward for you and, and enjoy being a humbug, but, but be good natured and, and smile <laughs> and grim when you say humbug, because you're not actually supposed to be a real humbug. So fair enough. All right, cool. So shall we go on from that chipper topic to the next thing? Yeah, absolutely. More, Chapter more two upcoming here. All right, let's be chipper. We're happy talking about Christmas. Take over at verse six of chapter two. All right, yeah. here we go. Wait, verse six. Verse 11. Oh, did we? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh sorry. You're oh, good. I, I went back. I, I, I feared we moved so chipper we'd kill Joshua again. <laughs> uh, okay, let's go on to 11. There we go. Chipperly then. And the people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and served yeah. the balls. Oh, oh, oh. oh, oh. And they abandoned the Lord, the God of their fathers, who had brought them out of the land of Egypt and went after other gods from among the gods, the peoples who are around them and bowed down to them. And they provoked the Lord to anger. They, All right. Uh, All right. Uh, very quickly, they, they served the Baals, which I, I like. It, it, what, what's ironic about this historically, uh, think back in Egypt. Uh, you have the description in, in Exodus that there arose a pharaoh who did not remember Joseph. Mm-hmm. Do you know why the pharaohs arose who did not remember Joseph, historically um, speaking? It Either because people die and that, that happens. But no, Joseph was a pretty central figure in Egypt at the time. So the only reason I can think of is maybe a little bit of conquering, maybe different pharaohs. The Hikos come, the, the sea peoples who were worshipers of Baal. So basically the, the they come on in and they 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 cause dynastic chaos in, in Egypt. And and even when that finally gets sorted out, you have a new dynasty, mm-hmm. a new Egyptian dynasty that's not part of the old ones that 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 the Israelites helped out, that that Joseph helped out. Mm-hmm. So basically the irony of this is they fall and they end up starting to worship in the promised land, the gods of the same people that messed up their gig in Egypt. Nice. So, so well, I mean, nice. it's doubly ironic when you have, they, they worship the, the, the Baals. So, all right. All right. We'll keep on going. Okay. And oh, wait, <laughs> there it is. They abandoned the Lord and served the Baals and the Ashtaroth. So the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel, and he gave them over to plunderers who plundered them, and he sold them into the hand of their surrounding enemies so that they could no longer withstand their enemies. Whenever they marched out, the hand of the Lord was against them for harm, as the Lord had warned and as the Lord had sworn to them, and they were in terrible distress. 
Now, the other you get the other second major type of false worship that comes up in, in the 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 Old Testament. You had the Baals, and then you had the Asherahs, mm-hmm. or the the how do they call it? The Ashtaroth. You you get a lot of variations on that mm-hmm. related to the god Asher from or Ishtar and all that. Ah. Now, now, what was the cool thing from the Egypt from the uh, Israelites' point of view about the Asherah poles? Well, it, it's somewhat reminiscent of the pole uh, from the wilderness that they brought with the, the snake on it, I suppose. No, 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 no not as fun as that. Not, not, more fun than that. More, oh. I'm doing fun in air quotes. Gotcha. Okay. I you I don't know. They were fertility gods oh, and goddesses. So so you raise the big giant pole and then you celebrate fertility. Hey, hey, hey. That works. Kind of, it, 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 so, so basically you've got the Baals, the violent, bloody gods where you get to get them, let yourself go that way. Or, mm-hmm. or, or you've got up in the hill country, the, the, the crazy sexy time gods. Yay. And, and so basically they're just going along with the flow, giving way to the, the passions of their flesh. But what happens? Well, God lets their neighbors have their way with their passions, of the flesh, and everything comes home to roost on them. So it's it sort of, Yikes. it, it's a punishment that really does fit the crime For because real. if you want to run around like a pagan, well, you can't be surprised when the pagans go and do their pagan things to you. Oh, you're celebrating fertility. I see. Well, how about the fertility of your enemies because uh, it's happening and now they're going to drive you out. Yay. Yeah. Oh, oh, you like this violence and bloodshed. Behold the violence and bloodshed. <laughs> yeah. Yay. So, so it, it, it's, well, yeah, we have this great God of peace and forgiveness, but blah, <laughs> let's, let's go with that. So, so again, celebrate, but in a good way. I mean, so it, it, it really is a, a lusting after the wrong celebration. Mm-hmm. So, and, and so you have Israel go into a giant world of hurt. Now, is this the point where God says, ah, forget them all. They celebrated the wrong party. I am done with them. Blah. <laughs> no, yep. read on. Presumably not. <laughs> Then the Lord raised up judges who saved them out of the hand of those who plundered them. Yet they did not listen to their judges, for they whored after other gods and bowed down to them. They soon turned aside from the way in which their fathers had walked, who had obeyed the commandments of the Lord, and they did not do so. Whenever the Lord raised up judges for them, the Lord was with the judge, and he saved them from the hand of their enemies all the days of the judge. For the, God, uh, for the Lord was moved to pity by their groaning because of those who afflicted and oppressed them. But whenever the judge died, they turned back and were more corrupt than their fathers, going after other gods, serving them, and bowing down to them. They did not drop any of their practices or their stubborn ways. So this becomes the pattern for the whole book. This is this is the entire book of Judges, and we're just going to see examples of this play on out. And so God will raise up a judge. Now, one of the things with the judges and the point of God raising it up is he'll raise them up out of nowhere. The The judges are all people whom you really don't expect to take over. They're, they're not of the Levites. They're not of, uh, they're not of great renown in the tribes or the clans. They're just generally nobodies. Because again, God wants to be clear. Yeah, this is me rescuing you. And this is something that the judges point out. And when they have when when they're when they had the judge around to remind them, yay, they're they're good, but then as soon as the judge is gone, they forget. 
And this is, this, is, this is why we need to be in the word, why we need to hear the preaching of the word of God, because if we cut ourselves off from the proclamation of the word, explain to us what actually is going on, focusing us again and giving us again God's mercy and love and forgiveness, we will become like sheep who have gone astray. Mm-hmm. So. So we'll get a little bit more of that coming on up, and, and we'll, we'll start moving into the, the the first of the tales of the judges coming up shortly. But cool. So, all, right. all right. So shall we break? Let's do it. All right. I, I feel bad saying break right after like, oh, they broke all the commandments. And stuff. <laughs> Don't break the commandments during the break. Erg. And we're back on the Gospel Boldly Podcast. And yes, we are still the Gospel Boldly Podcast, even though the first words that we come to are going to be about an angry God ticked off. But it is still Gospel Boldly, in spite of the wrath that that our sin generating keeps sending judges. That's the point. Can you carry on, Thomas? Okay. We're we're, we're at 20. Because again, Gospel Boldly, the anger of the Lord was kindled. (laughs) Ride, Ride with it. It's good. Yeah. We're playing the long game here. So the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel, and he said, Because this people have transgressed my covenant that I commanded their fathers, and have not obeyed my voice, I will no longer drive out before them any of the nations that Joshua left when he died, in order to test Israel by them, whether they will take care to walk in the way of the Lord, as their fathers did, or not. So the Lord left those nations, not driving them out quickly, and he did not give them into the hand of Joshua." Now you do get a reminder here that that in spite of of Israel's sin, God will use this. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's not a matter of oh no, they ruined all my plans. I'm stuck with them. No, Foiled I, again. I, no, no, you 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 intended for evil, but I will use it for good. I will use this to be be wonderful times of demonstration of, of my power to save you. And, all right, you, you want to sin? Well, okay, then I will let you become the object lesson. Enjoy being an object lesson. Again, object lessons in the Old Testament never work out well. They <laughs> never work out well. So so you have basically saying, all right, you, you, you wouldn't let Joshua complete stuff. You kept causing problems to where he couldn't get you organized and, and finish things off. All right, so be it. Ha- have it your way. A- and let's see what goes on. And these people will still be my servants to drive you back to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow. So that that's kind of happy and daunting. All right, let's start chapter three. All right. Now these are the nations that the Lord left to test Israel by them. That is, all in Israel who had not experienced all the wars in Canaan. It was only in order that the generations of the people of Israel might know war, to teach war to those who had not known it before. These are the nations, the five lords of the Philistines, and all the Canaanites and the Sidonians. Sidonians, and the Hivites who lived in Mount Lebanon, from Mount Baal Hermon as far as Lebo Hemath. They were for the testing of Israel, to know whether Israel would obey the commandments of the Lord, which he commanded their fathers by the hand of Moses. So the people of Israel lived among the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, and their daughters they took for themselves for wives. And their own daughters they uh, gave to their sons, and they served their gods. All right, so there you get the thing going on. All right, the, these are the ones that are left, and these are the ones that caused Jerusalem and and Israelite problems all the way through, even through Solomon. And 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 once you get to Solomon, you get the same problem of they take their daughters for for wives and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. But but this is the problem. 
Are you going to remain faithful in this land? When you are surrounded by others, are you going to remain focused on me, or are you going to just get along to get along? Are, are you going Are you going to, to turn your back on who I am, and are you going to forget that I am the God who fights for you, or are you going to just jump in with everyone else? Well, if you jump in with everyone else, then I, I'm going to have to teach you that I'm the God that fights for you, and I'm going to teach it through fighting. <laughs> it, God loves a very poetic justice. Oh, yeah. And it's one of the things that comes up. I, I, I'm astounded whenever I read the Old Testament, just how, how poetic, how how the, the punishment fits the crime, as it were. And, and there's, there's, so, all right. Well, there, there we go with that. Do you have any thoughts on this, Thomas? Just. Uh, well, it strikes me interesting, I guess, that, um, that they should do this this whole intermarriage thing again with their with their ancestry being what it is. It seems as though the last time that there was a significant amount of intermarriage uh, between a descendant of Abraham and uh, other people, it it just so happened that an entire town was wiped out as the result right. of that. And uh, so so now they're doing it again, seemingly having forgotten what happened then, and it just. Again, this there's a poetic justice to it. There's also a, and well, again, as you pointed out, see this in Judges. There's a harmony effect or a a a stanza effect in what happens, where just like a, a piece of music, you get these repeating themes over and over, like ripples in the pond. Oh yeah, and, well, and and that is something, and, and I think that explains also why why the Book of Judges is just so matter of fact about it because. It's that repeated ripple that you guys should all recognize and also one that we should be on guard against ourselves. Not that I'm saying don't marry anyone who's not Christian, but, but remember, if, if you go and, and, and marry outside of the faith, well, you, that, 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 that's increasing the degree of difficulty. I'll say it that way. <laughs> right. And, and, and if you go into that flippantly, that's going to have an impact upon you. Mm-hmm. Um, the examples here of it's not just that they took uh, their themselves for their wives, but that's it. That that last phrase, and then they serve their gods. Right? Are, are are you going to go and love your neighbor? Are you going to love your spouse, seeing them as a gift to you from God, even if they are difficult to love? Or are you going to serve them as as Paul would talk about the the faithful wives showing love to their husbands and perhaps winning them to the faith? Or are you going to just say, oh, well, I'll, I'll go along to get along and I'll do whatever you want, honey, and let's go <laughs> worship all together. Mm-hmm. If, that, if that makes you happy, honey. So mm-hmm. so that becomes that contrast. And that again, this plays up even to today. So, all, all right. right. Well, let's dive on in. What? Yeah. Let, 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 let's get a judge. Excellent. Woo-hoo. Excellent. Can't wait for this one. And the people of the Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. They forgot the Lord their God and served the Baals and the Ashtaroth. Therefore, the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel, and he sold them into the hand of the of Cushan Rishathaim, king of Mesopotamia. And the people of Israel served Cushan, Cushan Rishathaim eight years. But when the people of Israel cried out to the Lord, the Lord raised up a deliverer for the people of Israel, who saved them, Othniel, son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother. The Spirit of the Lord was upon him. And he judged Israel. He went out to war, and the Lord gave Cushan uh, Rishathim, king of the Mes- king of Mesopotamia, into his hand. And the Lord prevailed over Cushan Rishathim. 
whatever, I'm done. <laughs> and the land had rest for years. Then Othniel, son of Kenaz, died. <laughs> now, now this Kushan Rishashianayim literally means doubly wicked Kushnam, which is kind of an awesome name. But now I'm going to ask you a question, Thomas. If I say, who are the judges? How often do you say, oh, there was Othniel? He really doesn't come up for forefront in my mind. Actually, Shamgar is easier to remember than Othniel for me for some reason. Well, and, and, and the, the, what's neat about this too is I I do like just how how almost nondescript. We we don't need to know the story. The bad guy rose up. He was doubly bad. Uh, he conquered <laughs> the people. They served for eight years, and God rose up. A judge happened to be Caleb's nephew, and, and who we learned boom, about in chapter one took him out. And then they had peace for 40 years, and that, that, that's all we kind of really need to know about that one. That, that, mm-hmm, that's good. Mm-hmm. It's underplayed. It's not, there's not a big deal about it because, again, the, <clears throat> this should be the standard that, that, that God delivers his people should be the standard that you'd expect. That This shouldn't be earth-shattering stuff to them, but they keep forgetting. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, it's, I, I like just how, oh, yeah, but here it is. We, we, we'll put it down for the records. But, I mean, it's, it's not overly interesting yet. There, there's nothing really bizarre about it. Mm-hmm. All right, so surely the, surely the second judge will be much more interesting than entertaining. As luck would have it. <laughs> All right, let's All go. Right. <clears throat> Ehud then. And the people of Israel, again, did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord strengthened Eglon, the king of Moab, against Israel, because they had done what was evil in the sight of the Lord. He gathered to himself the Ammonites and the Amalekites, and went and defeated Israel, and they took possession of the city of Palms. And the people of Israel served Eglon, the king of Moab, 18 years. Now, first time, first villain that comes up is from Mesopotamia. All right, okay. Now, now, now that that's old, old time kinfolk. Because I mean, Abraham came out from Mesopotamia and all that. But but they're 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 long sundered. Uh, who are the Moabites? Uh, well, speaking of Abraham, his uh, his brother Lot had some children. Nephew, and then Lot. he had some children with those children. Nephew Lot. Nephew, thank you. <laughs> And, and this would be the descendants of the children of those children. Right, right. I mean, so so these are closer kin to the yes. children of Israel. So it's like, oh, oh, you 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 didn't pay attention when the the, the, the far stranger came in. Well, okay, I, I'll let the folks who are even closer to you mess with you. Now, again, these are people from outside the land of Israel causing problems. So again, mm-hmm. it, it's almost God is giving them chances to like, Okay, start connecting the dots, people. It's going to get closer and closer. Mm-hmm. And soon it's going to be the people you're intermarried with. So Wait a minute, but, brother against brother. Where have I heard that before? Oh yeah, yeah. So, so, but anyway, the the Moabites who, who and the Ammonites who, who know who the Israelites are, who who know who the God of Israel is, come and cause problems. Mm-hmm. And again, it gets a little bit longer. It was eight years now. Now it's eighteen years. It's like, okay, nice. we're we're ratcheting up the uh, the problems here. Fair enough. So, all right, carry on. Then the people of Israel cried out to the Lord, and the Lord raised up for them a deliverer, Ehud, the son of Gera, the Benjaminite, a left-handed man. The people of Israel sent tribute by him to Eglon, the king of Moab. Okay, quick question. Why would you note out that he's left-handed? Several reasons. Uh, first among them, I am left-handed, so it's just cool. And, and secondly, wait, wait, are you asking why the, why the writer notes it out or why I kind of put a little bit of a, a why, flair Why the statement? writer would note it out. Ah, excellent. Well, it is rare. But it also plays a huge, huge, uh, uh, important plot point uh, going forward. 
Well, yes. And it is the backwards way of things. It's God's backhanded, backwards way of doing things. Although or it does seem... Or sinister and evil. Oh, wait, no, sorry. No, that that's too Roman. You know. It seems... Uh, and we'll get this in the future, I guess. The Benjaminites do tend to have a lot of these. Or, or maybe they make much of them when they have them. I don't know. The Benjamites are all over the place. <laughs> that, it's the it's youngest brother syndrome, I think, perhaps. I gotta so, be. Gotta all right. Be. So... So where, where? How much time do we have left? How much further can we go? Let's see. Let's see. About yeah, let's go minutes. a little bit further. Go on. <laughs> okay. Keep going. Keep going. And Ehud made for himself a sword with two edges, a cubit in length, and he bound it on his right thigh under his clothes, and he presented the tribute to Eglon, king of Moab. Now Eglon was a very fat man, <laughs> and when Ehud had finished presenting the tribute, he sent away the people who carried the tribute. But he himself turned back and the idols at the idols near Gilgal and said, I have a secret message for you, O king. And he commanded, Silence. And all his attendants went out from his presence. And Ehud came to him, and he was sitting as he was sitting alone in his cool roof chamber. And Ehud said, I have a message for God, uh, from God for you. And he arose from his seat, and Ehud reached with his left hand, took the sword from his right thigh, and thrust it into his belly. And the hilt also went in after the blade, and the fat closed over the blade, for he did not pull the sword out of his belly, and the dung came out. Then Ehud went out onto the porch and closed the doors of the roof chamber behind him and locked them. Now, now, okay. This is just awesome. Okay, I, I say <laughs> that as a, 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 a guy. This is my guyness coming out. Right. Um, just kind of, th- th- this is something you'd expect to see in an awesome action film. Like, this is something that you'd expect Arnold, like, keep you, the sword or, or something Enid like that. say, I thought these smelled bad on the outside. Not, <laughs> <laughs> but, but again, it's, and, and it becomes a comical redemption. This is supposed to be, we're, we're not going to get to it today. Next time we will get to start with a lot of the people's reactions and story and everything out. But, <laughs> right. but, but it. It's comical. It's embarrassing. Here you thought you were the biggest, baddest king around. Look how much you've conquered. Uh, yeah, here, here's a message from God for you. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> there. Have fun. See, see ya. Uh, and we'll, we'll get other things coming up with this. But again, it's just he walks in, and you can see how it works. He's left-handed, he, so he's used yeah. to stabbing and driving with those. So he's leaning forward and, and, and put his right hand up. So, of course, it's on the up and up. And <laughs> so. Did, did you like my little sound effect there? Yes. I'm cutting that out for use later. <laughs> All right. We're, we're going to stop here, I think. And, that and is we'll, the Wilhelm we'll, scream of the Gospel Boldly podcast. We'll, we'll wrap it up. We're uncovered at all. And and so we'll, we'll, we'll jump back into this story next time. Guys, all, all of you have a great week. Rejoice in the good things God is doing for you. And, and don't be so stubborn that. God has to send a very fat king after you. (laughs) All right. The Lord be with you all. Have a great one.